You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And our guest today, Charlotte Sart. Hi. We're very excited to have you with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy I got to do um, a fun opportunity like this. A lot of times I'll get asked to do like uh, very mundane things. I just like the whole uh, format of this one and how we get to listen to some music and talk about it. So I think that's amazing. Yeah, Um, yeah. And we had, and really we had, We'd seen a picture of you in a premature ejaculation yeah. shirt, and we had also seen a a post some time ago. You'd mentioned listening to Mersbau, and I was just like, you know, why don't we give it a try? See if she <laughs> she she want to talk to us. That would be fun. And sure enough, yeah. here we are. So thanks mm-hmm. so much. And and we're often, you know, discussing everybody's different pathways into noise and the way they discover experimental music and how, you know, just. It appeals to so many different people for so many different reasons. So um, I am fascinated to find your journey into noise. And your journey into discovering Roz Williams. Oh, yeah. So when did you when did you first become aware of, of Roz? Uh, so I think I first became aware of Roz when I was like 16 or so the first song i heard um was uh spiritual cramp and i was like oh classic and i was like oh i like this like when we dive into this more um and then through there i discovered like premature ejaculation and shadow project and then like other acts he was affiliated with and then uh i like had a lot of fun exploring his art and i just think it's so cool how he was really a master of so many medias like not just music but like film and all kinds of things and like performance art um so it's uh i don't know it's just inspiring that he was able to branch across so many mediums and do them all well I think a lot of people just sort of know him from Christian death. I mean, I know even when I first heard Christian death, I didn't, I wasn't aware of shadow project for a while. And then you hear the name premature ejaculation, but especially I'm of an age when that wasn't a thing that, that you could just hear easily, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. how did you go about tracking down the more experimental end of things? So I guess I'm, I'm lucky of like, I'm of the generation where the internet was just always there I had access to a lot of things I shouldn't have access to as like a young teenager, <laughs> just like from, from Googling. But on the flip side of that, um, it's, it's really cool. Cause like you, you used to have to go into record stores and like hit up so many different stores in the same day, looking for like cassettes or CDs or like ask like a friend who just happened to have bootlegs. Yeah, definitely. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of the premature ejaculation stuff is, is very, very out of print and who know we you know with obviously you know, Roz not being with us, who knows when any of this stuff will get a, any proper issues and stuff like that. But there is certainly some stuff out there. And, and yeah, you know, as many of our listeners know, we are, we always say, you know, buy from labels, buy from artists. And the other thing that we're here to say today also is pay for porn. Oh, it's, it's so important. And, um, I see so many parallels between um, the porn industry and the music industry and um, like the accessibility um, has created this kind of expectation in um, porn and music consumers that, Oh, I'll just like stream everything for like a super low price or 
well, it's on there for free and all. So it, it's great. Like you can find stuff, but I feel like if, if you found something by a free method, like then you can also track down like paying methods for that. And um, I really like to try to support the artists I like by like buying merch and stuff. And yeah. And yeah. any way to do it is, is great. You know, obviously with, with porn, you have only fans and we have these types of things. So we'll of course have a link to Charlotte's yep. only fans up on the show oh, page. So everyone <laughs> should head over there for sure. For sure. Yeah. But it's, it's, there's definitely a similarity because people are spending time, energy, um, and trying to support themselves, making their art. And then for everybody to just go for it for free it um, it kind of wrecks that chain in the system. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, mm-hmm. um, it's made things so competitive. Like, um, like for example, before mm-hmm. my OnlyFans was like $13, but now I'm, I like switched it. So I'm like, okay, I have to make it cheaper. So it's now it's like $7 to compete with other people. But then I'm like, okay, maybe to offset that, I'll like post shorter videos on the timeline and then sell the full length ones in the DMs. And so you, you really had to adapt and, uh, same with like Pornhub being in the picture, like rates for scenes go down. And I didn't want to be on Pornhub for a long time. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to post my shit for free. You make ad revenue, but it's mm-hmm. like ridiculously small unless your video, unless all your videos get millions of views or like you find your stolen content and like claim it as yours, then you can get some back revenue on that. But for very few people, it's enough to like pay any bills at all, much less make a living. But um, I, I think that goes hand in hand with like the streaming platforms of music. It's like a lot of artists might not want to be on mm-hmm. Spotify or anything like that. Then it's like, well, shit, if I'm not on this huge platform for like a really low accessible price for people, then how is anyone going to find me? It's a it's a tough thing for yeah. uh, for everyone that, that figuring how figuring out the best way to navigate that thing. Now, is that new Pornhub ruling or when they kind of took down the private uploads? Is that is that has that helped at all? Have you noticed any like I don't really know the in, ins and outs of oh, that. So that whole thing is super complicated. So one thing it did help is um, piracy and this kind of feature of the website to where. Everyone should have paperwork for uploads. Everyone should be at an age and be, they should be able to verify who Mm -hmm. you are. That's something that performers and uh, creators have been asking for for a long time. But then until the pressure was on from Visa and MasterCard, they didn't enact that. So it was a little too late. Um, So I used to go on Pornhub every day and search my name and variations of it to find stolen stuff and file DMCA takedowns and see if I could get revenue on uh stuff that i should have made for people watching my stuff for free so now i don't have to be on there every day like finding my stolen stuff but then also Mm -hmm. um with visa and mastercard being out of the picture no one can really spend money on Pornhub. so i i have um i have videos you have to pay to see like you can buy them like a download price like 9.99 a video or whatever it is per particular video and then there's Pornhub premium where you pay a flat rate and you can watch a lot of those videos for free and um, extra exclusive content but now nobody can do that so if you're depending on that for your income like for example my Pornhub income it was not large by any means to begin with it got cut in half Mm. (laughs) 
And then, oh, wow. Uh, okay, so I didn't yeah, realize that. I, I have a lot of friends who um, really depend on Model Hub where they're posting like shorter previews of their scenes for free to get mm-hmm. um, traffic sent to Model Hub so people buy the video. The thing is, if you have a video for um, as a preview that links to your Model Hub, you don't get ad revenue on that. Mm-hmm. So you're depending solely on video sales. So all my friends who do who do oh. things that way, they're just like, okay, I'm not making any money now. But hey, premature ejaculation. Yeah, let's talk about something sexy. Anesthesia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is what a what a cool cool album this is, and what a, what a, what an amazing project. I mean, this was really Roz was doing this concurrently, and maybe even a little before he started Christian Death. Uh, originally with Ron Athey and then went on to do with Chuck Collision, who this album's with. And it, it's it's really cool because he said he really liked doing it because it he wasn't doing vocals. He could step back and just do sound work. And I think this album is such a great representation of that. Oh, yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. And um, there, there's very few, like, power forces out there like Ron and Roz. Um, so it's, it's just really cool to see the things they created and hear them. Yeah. This entire album is so mindful of the body. I find it just really visceral. Um, everything about it is just kind of like throwing it back in your face that we are minds inhabiting a meat body. And things can go wrong with it and things can go right with it. But at the end, we're limited by our flesh. Absolutely. I feel like um, this is like the the body horror of music, like it's experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the name anesthesia, I mean, I yeah. was, it just conjured up to me this idea of hospitals and, and this whole, the, I basically with this whole album, I was in a, I was basically in a hospital. The hospital was not necessarily a modern hospital. Maybe it was. The, the, maybe the machines hadn't been updated. Maybe, uh, well, maybe, maybe some of the practices are a little arcane and terrifying. Maybe a chainsaw instead of a scalpel. Yeah, yeah you times, know. <laughs> maybe. Well, I, you know, the first track reminded me of a very specific hospital. Yeah. So I was. We did not talk about this on the podcast, but a few months ago, I was in the hospital for a surgery, and I was in the maternity ward. The overnight. We're staying in this hospital and Mike wakes up and he goes, is that, are those kittens? Do I hear kittens? It's not. The newborns sound like creepy alien kittens. And so all night it was just like, eh, meh, and then beep, and then beeping beep, and, beep. you know, <laughs> and you, would, and that is exactly what this first track sounds like. Alien kittens, weird hospital devices, um, and uncertainty. I think much in line with something like SPK that, that Roz was a uh, contemporary with, you know, in, in the early eighties and obviously inspired by those sort of sounds on the early SPK records. You get a lot of that here with the, or I mean, really a lot of these tracks have uh, medical related samples on them and that weird hospital ambiance and wailing and the sort of, you know, uh, rusty hospital bed wheel kind of sounds like all of that stuff is really present on this record. And it's all soaked in this atmosphere and these really nice loops and these sort of 
nauseating modulations. And I think that that's a, like on this track, there's a, there's a slow bass modulation that runs through it. That is, that takes the entire length of the track. It doesn't really stop. It just kind of keeps Mm -hmm. driving this thing on and on for 10 minutes. That throb. Yeah. Throbbing. (laughs) And it sort of, it sort of continues this build, but never really explodes. And actually that's going to really see that throughout the whole album. It's just this, this atmosphere that gets set and then it, there's these at there's these waves that go through it. Yeah, I love that it never goes too yeah, I like It's yeah. like edging with no release. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> and then once when we get to the second track, Red, now one thing that Tara wanted to ask about, because I was it made me think of you because we um we're just watching some marvelous work you did oh, at kink.com. And I I find it so inspiring um, just in terms of the psychological aspects of pleasure, pain, where you take your body. I don't know. Just all of it is so psychological. And I love the psychological aspects of sexuality in addition to, of course, you know, everything else that's involved physically and red would be the safe word at kink.com. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, (laughs) I, I get so much catharsis out of shooting for them, especially because, um, I've been shooting for that company since like, um, pretty much the beginning of my career. So they really have seen me like change as a person, but also, um, we're like a tight knit little family. And, um, I have so much Mm -hmm. like trust placed in the people I, um, work with and for there. And, uh, for the types of things that I do, um, I have to really put myself in like a vulnerable place mentally and physically. And, uh, you can't really do that with just about anybody, but like the release you get from just like giving up and like letting someone else take over, uh, is really cool. And I love, being able to explore like, uh, pain versus pleasure. Like I know, um, Mm -hmm. no matter how much pain I'm going through and it's never like completely unbearable. I've rarely ever had to call like a safe word at kink just cause, um, especially my favorite director to shoot for their GP. Like he knows how to like keep you just like towing the line, but not (laughs) crossing it. Yeah, And like, I'm so terrified he's going to cross it, but he's like never in a million years going to cross it. But like, I, I know like being on that like uh, end of the spectrum with the pain, I know the complete antithesis of that with pleasure is coming like very shortly after. And they just like intensify each other. It's really cool. How long are those shoots? It really depends on the day and uh, the site and like what you're doing. So for example, I'm... Uh, I've been taking like a break from like shooting after my surgery, but I'm going back uh, next week to shoot mm-hmm. for hogtide. So depending on how complicated the rope suspension he's planning on doing is going to be, um, it, it could take a while, but I'm, I'm never there like into the middle of the night or anything like that. Um, and the way they shoot, it's like three or four vignettes, usually three. So um, it, it's nice because you can kind of, take a break, like, okay, we're going to do this part for like 15 minutes or so. And then you have to take a break. I sit in my robe, I have some juice or something. 
And then he's like, okay, ready to get tied up again. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, whereas like, if it was, <laughs> if it was just like all the way through like an hour straight or 45 minutes straight of shooting, like it might get done quicker, but it would be a lot more overwhelming. I truly think, I mean, from what I've seen, they're just next level. Like it's, it's done so well. And so obviously that you've had a lot of thought put into it and that you are actually a willing participant. And I love that. And, and that's kind of one of the things, again, that we love about noise, experimental music, premature ejaculation are, are people that somehow have found within themselves that, that they they want it, they like it, they seek it out. They want to test the limits of what they love and what they don't love. Yeah. And I think that you embody that really oh, well. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, com- I completely <laughs> vibe with that. And then I also... Um, you know, I, I think it, it takes like a real dedication to do that kind of stuff. And um, I love how in the, the article Mike, you sent about premature ejaculation, you're talking about, no, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Totally. That's yeah. exactly. Yes. We, we loved that line well, from it. Especially when you look at the sort of performances that Roz and Ron and Ethy were doing early on with it, like, and and a lot of the performance work that Ron has continued to do. It's very extreme, uh, involving the the sort of the limits of his body in various ways. And I think that that's a, a through line from their work together that you can see in in all of this. Like, the, what this album is concerned with is a branching off of that that Roz took, and what. Ron's performance had become was a, a branching off of, you know, that he took from the early days of this and their ideas and collaboration together. This, this track for me, the second track here read is the hit of the album. I think this is like the one that I think of when I think of this record, this one, and actually uh, the most astounding living monstrosity, the second to last track. If I, if there were to be radio play tracks off of the, off this record, it would probably be those two very memorable, very distinct. This one has that like SPK, synth hit and sort of like the the flanger vocals thing and just this cool weird rhythmic punctuation to it that it always as soon as it comes on i'm just like oh yeah i'm I'm in for this ride the that delayed synth i love bed. it oh it's so it just it, and then and then to me it's that those sounds these are kind of spiraling around and to me, it was walking towards the surgery door. Walk those the two doors, uh, which yeah, I mean, which is a strange thing to see. Of course, obviously, I w- I didn't, I was there to witness you know Tara going through yeah. the doors, and it is very, even though you know you feel obviously you're in good hands, etc. There is a still a set of that sense of dread a little bit yeah. going into. Going into surgery. It's really fun getting an epidural. Uh, that is something <laughs> that I experienced for the first time. And uh, to feel nothing from the waist down uh, was a bit terrifying. I will say. Could, could not move. <laughs> yeah, was that, paralyzed. that sounds horrifying. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had an epidural yet, but when I got my um, self-injectomy uh, for, they said it would wear off in a few hours, but for like several days afterward, my stomach and only one of my legs was like completely numb. <laughs> I was uh, like, oh, uh, I hope this gets better. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anesthesia is um, scary and weird. But again, I mean, like that's what I think is such a great title for this. It, it, <laughs> it really is. feels yeah. 
that sense of dread yeah. goes throughout this whole oh yeah thing. and i i think especially like um the titling is so clever i love how Roz with premature ejaculation really he kind of straddles the worlds of like living and dead at least for me like scientifically anesthesia like being a step above sleep it's like the closest thing we have that like mimics death for our human bodies when you think about it like when you wake up from anesthesia versus waking up from going to sleep when you wake up from going to bed you're aware that time has passed you're like okay I, I went somewhere in my dreams and I was still alive and I'm conscious of roughly how long I slept when you wake up from anesthesia it's like you blink and then you're awake again and you don't know if it's been like days or hours or you have no concept of yeah. that so it's it's really cool to explore that theme with this album the nature of pain I mean I think again that's the way pain can come in waves and again, coming out of anesthesia and, and you, there is almost this weird blissful moment. Well, I'm only speaking from secondhand experience. Uh, Gray, have you ever been under anesthesia? Not that I remember. But I don't think I've ever been. I had stitches in my nose, but that wasn't, I wasn't under. I was just numbed. I don't think I've ever no, been yeah. under anesthesia. His or nose got least... ripped open by a guitar peg. Yeah, but at least like, it was very bloody. Yeah, I could yeah. see his whole brain. Yeah. That was cool. Just like right into the Ugh. face. That was neat. Yeah. 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 It's alarming. But there is that sense of there's like this that weird bliss or just oddness coming out of anesthesia, at least from what I've seen. But then also yeah. the waves of pain. But anesthesia, start to I was going to say, yeah, anesthesia, well. overall pleasant. But the waves of pain, I mean, I guess from experiencing surgical pains and other pains, um, it is the thing that you try to remember is like, I'm experiencing the bad part, but it's going to go away. And like riding that wave where you're like, I'm just going to lean into this and feel the searing, blistering pain because I know that it's temporary. Like, what's the most painful thing that you did? Um, maybe, or I'm that it, that you should be proud of. Like, what are you proud of in terms of your experience in pain? Oh gosh, experiences in pain. Well, it's also subjective um, because I could have something that's very, very physically painful, but it's not affecting my mind to the degree that I let it. Sometimes I, I pick and choose how much I want to react to it. Um, if that makes sense, like I'll be doing a scene where I'm getting mm. spanked, really not that painful, but I'm like bawling, crying. And then um, like over the weekend, uh, I was in the ER because I had an ovarian cyst burst and it was like probably one of the most painful experiences <sighs> of my life. But like I was just like really calm about it. I was like, um, can we get like the MRI and make sure like it fully exploded? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, did it? I've had two. Yeah, I think they're no, no fun. It was it was not great, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's all it's all better now. But I'm you know as like a uterus and ovary haver, I'm like proud of having overcome that. <laughs> Hell with yeah! The, with the scene stuff, sometimes I'm more um, proud of like the predicament. I did one scene maybe a couple years ago for Hogtide where. I was um, kind of like an inverted uh, crucifixion almost. Like I had like a bamboo oh, wow. pole like from uh, my 
from like hand to hand, like wingspan. Um, and like I was fastened to that and then I had a hip suspension. So I was like completely upside down. Um, and I really wow. like being upside down because it's so disorienting. Um, and then I had like a bowling ball hanging from my neck from a rope. So like if I, if that was like attached improperly, it would have killed me maybe. But um, yeah, but it just felt so good. And I was like so comfortable. I didn't want him to like take the rope off my neck I was like can we leave it here for like the rest of the day he's like well I can't have it on you in the exit interview because like uh there's laws against that <laughs> so uh and then I, I I think of it more so like that um and how like fulfilling it was versus like getting through a particularly painful thing because if something's like painful in the good way I feel amazing about it and there's so much endorphins I'm not experiencing the pain unpleasantly but I, I've had days shooting for like companies that weren't that great where it was just all pain and no fun and I just kind of yeah. left feeling like crappy about myself and I was like did I really need that check that bad like at the time I probably did but I'm I'm a lot more picky about where I put my energy these days I guess I'm thinking about Especially like premature ejaculation and dealing with topics like this, it's it is the attempt to like make people confront something that would be unpleasant. Like in their first live performance, um, Ron Athey ate um, roadkill cat, and and you know of course they were like banned from other clubs <laughs> for doing that. But and, and but at the same time, they're making you confront something like maybe people who haven't looked at topics like this when they deal with something painful it's a really traumatic experience to them but instead if you look at the bare nature of ourselves and our predicament then maybe it it does kind of give you some kind of like comfort and catharsis um, because you feel that you can deal with the most raw thing that comes at you yeah I, I completely agree with that and Huh, did I just lose my train of thought? No, I, I think I, it <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think I got it. Um, no, I need a second. I don't have enough. No it's okay. That's what we have. The that's why we edit. We call these memory erasers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call the microphones memory erasers. We have a lot of ideas, and then hit record, and all of a sudden they just like. I swear I had a yeah, thought, I, and I forget how to speak English, so I have like an abstract. Yep. Um, thought, and then I don't remember how to put it into words that are intelligible. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really love this nature of pain track and the fluttering around hospital halls and the alarm, the kind of like alarms in the distance. It, it really, it really just brings just all these images. Oh. This one's sort of the first appearance of these uh, like reversed sounds too. That kind of, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, backwards tape, whatever going on. It's it lends a weird kind of momentum to it with all the sort of haunting, wailing sounds in the background. Weird muffled, muffled chanting, maybe like a, a little bit, but it's everything's so blurry, it's hard to tell. Charlotte, you said something that made me think of this Roz Williams interview and something that he said. Um, He said, uh, it's okay. We're not in this to force ourselves on people. 
In fact, it's probably the most important point. You have to realize you cannot allow yourself to be forced into any situation that you don't want. And that was like his takeaway um, from their live performances. I think that's amazing. And uh, I think it it really shows that um, the ball is in your court and uh, you can like reclaim your power that way. So when did you start your pornography career? So I guess um, officially I started webcamming and making my own little webcam clips um, around March of 2015. So it seems like so recent, but also so long ago at the same time. Um, it's, it, it, it is like five years ago in some ways seems like 500 years ago, especially just like, just everything just so accelerated. So much has changed. But but yeah, but at the same time, it's like, (laughs) you know, yeah. And at the same time, it's like not that like, it's like five years, you know what I mean? So it is, it is that weird thing. So you started doing it on your own. So um, I was like applying for companies like, Hey, hire me. But I think my pictures weren't very clear professional looking. So I just wasn't getting responses. And uh, randomly, somebody found me on Twitter and like messaged me and was like, hey, do you want to do porn? And I was like, against my better judgment, I was like, okay, sure. Um, And so I I got kind of hooked up with this like really scummy agency in Florida. And I lived in San Francisco. So like, how much sense does that make? But I used my webcamming money to fly out to Florida. I was like promised a bunch of work. And um, I got one scene in New Jersey for a company called Asylum. So then they flew to New Jersey. And once I was there, I was like, hey, I'm going to dump my agent because they suck and they're not licensed or accredited or bonded or any of that shit. So they're like illegally taking a fee. Um, But I was like, listen, do you know anybody else who would shoot me? And this was like, my first scene was like, um, more than like a lot of people do in like their whole careers. Like I uh, was getting uh, fucked with a giant strap on by this dominatrix clad in all latex. And then while I was in a full rope suspension and then they would turn me around and then the male dom would like fuck my face with his penis. And then I was getting tripped with candle wax. They had a bunch of candles lit above me. So with every rotation of the, yeah. Uh, suspension more and more uh, wax would drip on me so it was just constantly painful oh, like, so it was like the candle was up just there yeah, so it was, it was just like constantly just dripping going, oh, wow. and then uh, at the end of the scene I don't remember much else what happened I know I had bruises on my ass from like all the spankings but then it was like a use my ass only kind of day which seems to be the trend with a lot of scenes I do and then they sealed my pussy shut with candle wax <laughs> and then they Wait, this is, wait a minute. This is first scene. Are this you is kidding? your first scene. Yeah, that was my first one. And then the um, there we the go. camera operator, who um, she's become a good friend of mine, and she's also mm-hmm. um, a dominatrix. I remember at one point she just put the camera down and looked at the producer and was like, "Where did you find this girl?" <laughs> but then, <laughs> then from there, um, he, uh, the producer, like introduced me to Kink.com. And I got an interview there 
And then um, after shooting for Kink, one of the guys from like my first gangbang recommended me to Joanna Angel, Burning Angel, and I shot for her. And then Mm -hmm. I like harassed an evil angel director enough on Twitter to where he hired me. So I've kind of pretty much just done it on my own. I'm sure if I got with a reputable, trustworthy agent, I would have um, gained a lot more traction. But then also I kind of like that I uh, just kind of carved my own path, especially because like when I first got in, I had like a weird shitty mullet and like I had a bunch of like bad stick and pokes. So a lot of companies were like, a lot of agencies wouldn't take me because they're like, oh, you have a decent face. Um, wait, what's that tattoo say? I'm like, oh, rest and piss. They're like, oh, honey. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're like, no, that's cute. It's great. Yeah, and like, I've covered up a lot of my stick and pokes, but that one I just like refused to cover. I'm like, no, I'm keeping no, that forever. <laughs> yes. That is the Please right decision. <laughs> And we can cut out of curiosity. Is that Florida agent the 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 infamous uh, girls wanted or the hot girls wanted oh, guy? Oh no, that's um. We, we don't have to keep this. Oh, in. No, I'm just I curious. Yeah. Fuck those dudes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that documentary was like total like sex worker exploitation, and like they doxed a lot of total- sex workers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Terrible. And I I don't agree with the practices yeah. that that agency um does. But this agency I was with um was even i think below those standards and um they've Whoa. since like disappeared from the face of the earth so of course i, I just yeah. don't yeah. feel like Good. naming them because they're not important yeah no 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 no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah i don't yeah. want to give them yeah. attention but <laughs> yeah just no, for any anybody who wants to get into porn listening to this like be careful and check if your agent is like licensed and bonded and has reputable familiar faces on their roster <laughs> but i also think you know it's it's you kind of carving your own path is, I mean, that's obviously directly related to something like what Roz did. I mean, he absolutely carved mm-hmm. his own path and he created the, his world that he explored and lived in for, for his time here. I think that's the real correlation with transgressive art transgressive music and and things like pornography and especially the more you know on on the the end of pornography of with the bondage and with stuff like that where it i think tara put it away where it's not something you would you you can necessarily just show someone off the street hey come here check this out what i'm watching or check this out what i'm listening to now where certain people get it immediately but there is something that that it's its own underground and its own world. The last couple shows I went to were in Prague, actually. The last three shows in Prague, which shows you like how often I get out. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh wait, we have to ask for Gray. Are you an Ossuary fan? Do you visit yeah, Ossuaries? Yeah, I've been there a couple times. The one in um, Kudumora. Awesome. Yeah, said like great. Mm-hmm. Great yeah, it's beautiful. What uh, what I really like about that place is going in. Um, I never felt like a sense of unease or discomfort because all the people who um, consented to having their bones used there, it's like for art purposes and like they wanted to be used to make this beautiful church. So it's, I don't know, it's really comforting walking in. You're like, damn, like all these people want to be here. Well, all these like dead yeah. people's bones. 
but I just, I don't know. I love that place. Partial and Complete has this bouncy loop to it that it's, it's almost kind of the most, it's the first kind of, first kind of evidence of some more rhythmic elements in this CD. And I, I love, I love the placement of it, especially after the nature of pain. I think it's such a cool, just continuation of this atmosphere. This one's really disorienting. Uh, it's, it's very dissonant, but it's also got everything moves around the stereo field in a weird way. So you're hearing something over to your left and it slightly moves in a different volume, you know, for, you know, before you to the right. And then it kind of bounces back around. And I, I think that that's one of the things this album does well is transport you to a place and then shift, you know, pull the rug out from under you and shift that space around you. So you're sort of almost deprived of having a, a solid footing for what, what you're listening to and, and where it's coming from. I was excited to learn what the next track meant, transillumination. I didn't know that it's when you hold a very strong light up to a body part or an organ so that you can see inside and like diagnose it. So if you just Google image search it, it's it's tons of um, illuminated scrotums. That's great. Is uh, kind of what you see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can just see like the two little eggs inside and a glowing scrotum. So... Good well, track glow, title. Glowing so Scrotum is going to be the name of my noise fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I will totally listen to Glowing Scrotum. So when you're a kid and you like put your hand over a flashlight, that's transillumination? Yeah. Uh, there's also baby heads that they do that because you know how their skulls aren't formed. So if you put a flashlight on a baby's head, their whole head glows. That's kind of creepy too. But you know. Baby, babies no are one's just ever creepy. let me close enough to a baby. <laughs> Yeah, creepy for a different reason. Thank you. Yes. 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 And they sound like kittens <laughs> when they're fresh. The the psychosis on this track really takes hold. And it's like, I was thinking it was the psychosis of a surgeon. Hopefully no surgeons that you guys have seen. Yeah, I hope not. So Hopefully far, they're so all good. calm so and far, not so psychotic, good. but... Uh, in this world, I would say that this surgeon is feeling a little hypnotic and psychotic. But- what was really funny was um, with this one, like you mentioned, like the psychosis of the surgeon. I was kind of getting like Dr. Octagon vibes, like with, with his his psychosis being like of absurdity. <laughs> but this one was more um, played straight. Totally. Absolutely. And yeah. And just, the, again, yeah, just those D halls and the, in you know, the empty scary halls in the hospital. This has that sort of constant buzzsaw bone saw sound running through mm. it too, that uh, lends to the medical feel of like weird glass like tones and just this sort of grinding saw going throughout the piece with even more like intermittent <laughs> saw like sounds happening. Uh, but it but it ends with that sort of ghostly wailing and and a fire crackling and i really like that like mm-hmm. another just a strange piece of the puzzle when you're when you're listening to it that it moves towards that very gently but i think it feels really satisfying when when you sort of hear the the fire crackling i don't know why maybe i just like campfires too much or something but i, th- I think it's calms me down being in the presence of the elements it's great it's very, you know, again, something that's dangerous, but it's got a primal beauty of its own. I always well, say that we're we're 
when we look at fire or when we look at water, especially say looking at the ocean or looking at a fire, it's, it's one of those times where I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't, I truly don't need anything else. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times if, if we've gone, you know, say to a beach or to a fire and you, you bring a speaker and something to listen to, and then you're like, I'm not, I why would I, this. I don't need I don't to listen need to anything. This. Like this is great sound. Yeah, yeah. This is all I need. Like, and so I think the way this track ends with that crackling of the fire, I mean, I just love that. I could have gone on and the, the wind, it's just, oh, it's, but then the next track gets extreme. Well, we get to fistula and Anno. <laughs> yikes. Well, Yikes. But I think we've seen Charlotte do. I think Fistula and Anno is something we've seen oh, yeah. not only Charlotte give, but take. Well, yeah. no, well, a fist, it's not an actual fist. A fistula, I just want to make know, sure. I know, I know, but I'm just saying what it is. I'm just saying what it makes a, me think of. You know, a patch of skin that is ripped and infected. So. My first um like upon looking at the track name, I'm like, oh, I like this already. Um but then <laughs> I, it's it's so funny like that uh oftentimes with these uh the tracks on um anesthesia, the title gives you completely different expectation than what the track actually sounds like. Um, and I mm-hmm. love, um, like the, um, uh, gray, like you were saying, like the, um, the like soothing end of, uh, trans illumination and then fistula and Anno just gets crazy. It's like, you're not expecting it. And it's kind of like uncomfortable feeling and like, um, just not, uh, not as, not necessarily smooth, but, um, I, I really like how, uh, these things are mixed and like arranged in such a way to provoke an, a reaction, whether it's like a pleasant one or an unpleasant one. Yeah. This one's got a really nice composition to it too, with that sort of like industrial rhythm to it, but there's these blasts of, of sound that come in and some really, I, I love the use of samples in this. And it's one of the things I think that started early on with premature ejaculation with Roz is using whatever he had at his disposal. And so tapes and tape collage is a a very big thing. So there's a lot of taped samples, maybe stuff taped off the TV or radio. And this has like some sort of distant muffled conversation running under it. And again, adding to that disorienting feel, but then you have something that wouldn't be at all out of place on a, on an MZ 412 or a Megaptera record or something Mm -hmm. like more in the dark ambient death industrial vein. You, it, it really f- fulfills that role and then, you know, builds up to like sort of a, that more of that distant conversation and hiss at the end. And I, I like the the way it wraps up. I mean, it's only three and a half minutes, but this is another one that like maybe I would classify as a hit because it's got the more pronounced yeah. rhythm to it too. Yeah. And I was taken to like the surgery theater, calling it the theater I always thought was such mm-hmm. an interesting name for yeah. it where, and then where, you know, maybe students are, are looking down into it. And then that's, that's where I was here was this crowd of spectators watching a surgery and yeah, very uncomfortable, very nauseating feeling. But, you know, again, the, the placement I think is, I, again, I, I love that the placement after that fire crackling into this 
crowded theater yeah. of surgery. I was just, I just wrote anal punishment because it's like, <laughs> it brings that up. And then it's like buzz saws and like this industrial drill. And it's just like, oh God, what are they doing to it? Like, uh, I love that kind of play back and forth. And it also made me think of something Roz Williams said in an interview. He said that our whole point isn't to thrill people or necessarily entertain them. It's basically to visually and orally assault them. Yes. I love that so much. I accept accept this assault. (laughs) Let's follow it up with taking good care of your fear, which another one where the title doesn't really give you a lot to go on. And I, whenever I see something like this, especially with premature ejaculation, I'm, I, I often think about sort of uh, Burroughs writing on fear. And that was, you know, uh, mm-hmm. an inspiration for Roz and Ron. I think when they started the project is William S. Burroughs. And they, in an, another interview I'd seen referenced the, like the industrial culture, the stuff that uh, research was publishing, uh, dealing with throbbing gristle and Geisen and Burroughs. And of course, research also published uh, modern primitives on body modification, which was another big theme you know, throughout this stuff and, and Ron Athey's performance work. And this one ha- has a good feel for that. It's got, I don't, I wouldn't call it tribal drums because it's a really simple rhythm, but it's that, that sound of a, like an actual drum being played and almost a ritual drum sort of sound and sort of like a door slamming as percussion or something. And this one feels really mechanical and really strange and just trying to tie it to the idea of taking care of your fear, whether it's like trying to overcome them or giving yourself over to them. I really like this and that how that kind of almost howl of a horn that starts off almost like from like the hills or something like that. And it kind of brings mm-hmm. everything to that weird rhythm. We have a cat visitor in our screen oh, right oh, now. Yeah. Yay. Sorry, he and likes to join me on Zoom. No. He gets um behind my chair and he likes to give me hugs like this. So buddy, I love you so much. <laughs> This is um, uh, this is Jonesy. Jonesy. <laughs> I was gonna ask you about some of your other friends. You have spiders. Oh yeah, I have. Uh, how many do I have right now? It's five or six tarantulas. Oh, there you go, buddy. Um, and then I've got uh, my leech Gary, who you saw earlier, and um, I've got a ball python, and uh, oh, I have yay. four cats, which is a normal number of cats to have. absolutely a normal number of tarantulas to have as well um i do you okay i i love them do you do they shed much do you save their skins um so if a tarantula is full grown they molt about once a year if they're uh Mm -hmm. juveniles or spiderlings they molt a lot more often because they're growing faster um, and I was sh- saving their molts for a long time, but then, uh, mm-hmm. I just ended up with a lot of spider parts. Um, and my husband is, um, a little bit scared of spiders. So, um, in an effort to not disturb him, I have them like in a separate room that he doesn't have to go into. And then I, um, I quit That's like good. bringing out the molts and putting them in front of him going, look, look, babe. Madison Bolton. <laughs> He's like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. 
it's the coolest thing. Like they get to like shed their entire exoskeleton. It's so, and they're they're so hairy. It's so cool, and they do it too, and they come out looking a weird and alien, like um, like yeah. pale white, and um, they don't have blood. Mm-hmm. They have hemolymph, which is light blue in color. So they take on this kind of ghostly, <sighs> ethereal, astral, like pale blue, and um. They're like so soft and vulnerable. They can't eat anything for a while until their things harden and become like black and sharp. Oh my God. I am scared I, right now just <laughs> hearing this. <laughs> I am so thrilled. Are they, do they like being handled? So I, um, I think each, well, each species like certainly has a different temperament, but even individuals within each species have different personalities some keepers would argue that i'm just like applying personification to um (laughs) to something that doesn't need it but i I like to think that they have little personalities like i have um two different gramistola proteres and um one is a little more feisty like i've never been bit by any spider ever like when i was a kid i used to keep black widows and hold them like i just am lucky and careful um, but some of them, like I'll get near them and they'll start, start kicking hairs off their ass at me. And I'm like, okay, she does not want to be touched today. Um, <laughs> but I usually, I just kind of think about, um, same with my snake. I'm like, well, like if I were chilling in my house, like how often would I like a giant hand to reach in and like grab me? Like probably not very often. Um, so like yeah. if I ever have like a photographer coming over, they're like, oh my gosh, can we take pictures like with tarantulas on your tits and I'm like oh my gosh every photographer asked me to do that like <laughs> can't we just let my babies be in peace but sometimes oh, oh not the tarantulas yeah, but yeah. sometimes yeah. I, I do like hold them or um pet them some are more tolerant of that than others but they have microscopic um urticating hairs that are barbed so um for example like on the um underside of uh most of my tarantulas it feels very velvety so i just want to pick them up with my two fingers and then rub their little bellies and they seem to tolerate it i don't know if they like it or not but i like it because it feels good but then my finger is very itchy for like days afterwards yeah but there it goes with the pleasuring pain thing (laughs) like it's not a sexual pleasure but it's like soothing on the moment Mm -hmm. and then I, i feel the repercussions afterwards when we first moved to California from Michigan, I was really excited about every cactus I saw. And when they looked fuzzy, I, I tried to pet one and I did the back of my hand. I was like, soft. And my whole hand was just covered in spines. I was like, oh, man. Poor thing. I guess. Uh, yeah. And I've also had a hairy tarantula in my hand. And I'm allergic to everything. So it was stupid. It was really dumb. But it basically sounds like... <laughs> You guys will hang with the tarantulas. Me and Gray and Lance will be in another room because we'll, we're, 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 yeah, we're, they don't want any trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Yay. Okay. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you have a leech. Um, this is awesome. And you have a very big, impressive Thank leech. Thank you. He's very handsome. Wow. When he feeds, he gets, um, he expands a bit, but it's so fucking funny when he's like, um, when I'm feeding him, I'll be like on my computer editing or something. And he's just like yeah. chilling on my arm when I see him get longer and fatter. And then he gets so chunky 
that he becomes like a little sausage and he can't possibly eat anymore. So he just like lets go with his mouth. Like he just releases his like leech he's suction like, grip. I'm stuffed. He's like, oh, I can't move. But then he's like a little hot dog and I'm like, oh, so I pick him up and put him back and he's like, mom, I can't move. I eat too much. I eat too much pie. My husband comes in. He's like, and he's on the phone. He's like, oh, yeah, my wife's doing goth shit in the office again. <laughs> he, he puts up this so much. He's like such a sweet You're like, man. no, it's science. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think there is yeah. a bit of science to the, the bloodletting part of it. Like last time I fed him, I was like getting over a kidney infection and I felt like shit. And then... um I'd like finished my course of antibiotics and I put them on and then the next day I felt like strangely healthy. So maybe it's just placebo, yeah. but um, it seems to, there seems to be something to it, like getting the gross shit out it's of like you. It's like anti-inflammatory yeah. too. Hey. Yeah. How has this altered shooting porn? I mean, obviously it has to have changed everything this whole year. Yeah. So, so things have become really interesting um, with uh, testing. Uh, pretty much everybody you shoot with, I mean, if they're doing like underground shooting, uh, which I'm not really doing, like some people yeah. are like, oh, don't worry about a test. But, you know, in porn anyway, like you have to get blood and piss tested like pretty frequently. So I'm like, why why do that? But then why not want to do the COVID test? Because it's really not that much more mm -hmm. money tacked on to your existing test price. Um, but so, yeah, like you need a COVID test. Now they've like fixed the turnaround times on tests before like you wouldn't always get your test the next day now you're you pretty much guaranteed to get it the next morning yeah. um so we went from like a 48 hour fresh test and how most companies want you to have a 24 hour one from the day before um which is kind of cool and then a lot of companies um have smaller crews um, I know I've done some shoots at home where um, the director is like on Zoom telling me like how to set up my camera to film stuff like by myself oh. or with my husband. Um, like I, I did one for I don't think it's released yet. Um, but I did one with my husband for kink where I was pegging him and then the director was like, OK, like, let's try this other angle and then put it at this height and like show me what it looks like on the monitor. Um, and then I, I did another one where the director came like with a mask, like dropped off a fucking machine in my house and was like, I'll pick it up tomorrow. Um, cool. And then I like filmed my fucking machine scene. Um, so what was interesting, uh, it's really um, it's really placed more power in the performer's hands, because especially at the beginning of the pandemic, um, when people got stimulus checks, people were spending that money on porn. So like. My OnlyFans yeah. was making way <laughs> much more money. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, and then I was like shooting stuff with my husband more. It was really cool. Um, and now that's uh, kind of, uh, it's still happening. Like my, my OnlyFans does better and better each month, especially since I am um, have just like recently changed the way I'm running it to where instead of like the flat subscription fee, I'm like making it lower mm -hmm. so more people can get in. But then... Um, they'll like buy more videos, like a, a qua quantity versus like quality type right. of thing. Not like I don't have quality content on there. Very quality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, tr I try to keep it fun. So that's been interesting. And then um, I used to travel to LA all the time. And I used to go to Czech Republic like every other month. For, le shoot. for legal porno? Yeah, for legal porno. Last time I was there, I shot um, for a bunch of smaller companies. And then I did a couple scenes for Proxy Page for Evil Angel. And she's amazing. Um, but then, uh, was it last month? Recently, um, she's like, hey, I'm doing a scene or a movie for evil i feel like you should be in it can you like shoot a uh, solo at home so there's a lot of home shooting going on and um a lot of content creation because people aren't you know getting booked for companies all the time and kink for example is still not really back to in-person shoots so um if you go on their site you'll see stuff that's produced by them they also accept content like from other companies who put it on there for like rev share um but all the kink produced stuff is like home shoots um and some some of the shit is like really good quality like people do good work at home but um yeah with uh sites like hogtied and device bondage where it's just like a cameraman and jp who's like doing stuff to the models it's such a small crew that they're like slowly integrating that back in. And then uh, every time I've been on set, like the makeup artist is wearing a mask. And um, a lot of, a lot of times, not every time they'll check your temperature before you come in. Um, but you know, the, the temperature thing is like with varying degrees of um, what's the word? Accuracy. Uh, reliability. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And accuracy too. Sometimes they'll, check my temperature and it's like oh you're 120 degrees I'm like, yeah. are, you, are you sure can you check it again like oh never mind 98.6 i'm like gosh that's terrifying you're 74 degrees 74 are you degrees. dead you passed. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 it's like return of, recently return, return of the living yeah. dead like when they're when they're, their temperature keeps going oh down God. like yeah yeah i love it <laughs> but that's cool so you're really kind of doing that's what I didn't even think about that. Like actually directing over zoom and then you're yeah, doing it's it. It's such a, Hey, everybody gets creative, creative yeah, types like it, being creative. It really, is, it really is a testament to um, the adaptability of um, many industries. And it's mm -hmm. really shown like um, not with just with porn, but so many people I know they're like, I didn't think I could do my job at home, but like I can totally do my job at home. Mm -hmm. which is nice. And, um, with being at home all the time, not traveling, it's given me the opportunity to focus on other things I want to do. Like, um, I'm working on a membership site in addition to my OnlyFans, So like that can be like the flat price, watch everything website. Um, but it's like a lot of work building a website. I've oh, yeah. been wanting to do it forever and it's just finally, um, getting going soon. And then, um, I've like, I'm like, oh shit, maybe I'll start writing like erotica books and put them on Amazon. And like, um, Micah's talking to you about this. I have a buddy that does that for a living. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really cool. Um, yeah, and Micah, remember I was, I was talking to you. I was like, I want to do a noise album. Like, Heck yeah, that oh, was the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey. yeah, now's the time for doing stuff. And then also um, with being at home, I'm getting a lot of surgeries out of the way. <laughs> Yes. This oh. <laughs> taking care of that. Which really it goes into the theme of this this album for sure with the anesthesia and then the subsequent nausea. <laughs> totally. No it, kidding. Oh. And the 
most astounding living monstrosity. Is that mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's us? I don't know. I don't know. No. Maybe that's us. Maybe it maybe it'd be like the the way we feel. Maybe the way me and Gray and your husband feel about those spiders. Not the way you guys feel about the spiders. <laughs> oh, they're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, that's when the wires are plugged in. I mean, like you said, this is you're in the wires are in. The you're in that hospital bed, and thing these th- this life support machine is sounding weird. Well, it sounds like Ronald Reagan. There is a Ronald Reagan sample in this track, actually. Yeah, there's a. Or we noticed. It's there's a sample from the movie Freaks. Um, there's a Ronald Reagan sample, and uh, and there's an evangelical uh, minister. All the good stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And the, but to me, was those voices were coming from like all the different TVs and all the different rooms. Mixing oh, yes. together while you're just laying in hospital the hospital bed TV. with the wires in, and it's just confusing. And especially, yeah, coming out of that anesthesia, mm-hmm. like that, just that haze of confusion. I was in the hospital over Halloween, so we got to watch horror marathons in the hospital room, which was really weird. Good. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was getting live text updates every on Halloween. The entire, <laughs> yeah, the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There's nothing better. <laughs> but I, I do like I like this track title as well because something mm-hmm. about it. There's just something very Roz about it. Just this idea of the most like it's not not only is the the most the most astounding and then monstrosity like this yeah. these these it just keeps getting bigger the title you it's know super like super grandiose yeah. and um Roz like was known for his grandiosity and his eloquence in describing things that might seem like minute or insignificant to other people um i think he he was great at that oh absolutely and he he and sonically, this captures like the his art of collage and this sound collage kind of all together, just, you know, juxtapositions of different types of chaos. Do you have that art of Roz Williams book? It's so funny. I was looking for it online, like before this podcast, because I um, Nikki has it. I oh, don't. nice. Yeah. And I'm like, anytime I want to look at it, I can like go to her house. Right. And I'm like, yeah. Man, I'd like my own. And um it was like a sold out on um, the uh, the publication website, but um, I'm sure I'll, I could find it on eBay or something secondhand. Yeah. But I've definitely looked at it before, and um, this collage work is beautiful. And then I, oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember what um, that art gallery was. It wasn't Lethal Amounts. It was like Bizarro something. I don't know. Or was but, it um, La, La Luz in, in Waco over on Sunset? Yeah, that one. Yeah. They yeah. had a, a whole exhibition of his his art that um, me and Nikki <laughs> went to once. Nice. And then got, got to see like a lot of his collages and then um, really cool photos of him. Lethal um, Amounts did do a uh, uh, Raw's art show mm-hmm. though, some years ago too that was really great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to of, go like, to that one. Lots of fan submitted stuff. Yeah. Cool. They're, they're great. I wanted to go to the Lethal Amounts one. Didn't make it. And also for anyone uh, unsure, the Nikki we're referring to is Nikki Hartz, someone that Charlotte has worked with a bunch, is obviously friends with, and does great work herself. So certainly Thanks. check her that's, stuff out. That's my bestie. <laughs> and she lives in Vegas now, right? 
Yeah, she um, lives pretty close to me. So um, sometimes they just show up at her house and it's great. Um, but it's so nice because uh, she was living in LA for a while. And then when I moved, I'm like, oh, I miss her. her and Lee are like my best friends too. But I'm like, oh, I miss my friends. Every time I would come to LA for work, I'd like visit them. But then uh, I was just sad that they weren't close by. And now um, it's great, especially with the social distancing yeah. stuff going on. I um, I normally travel to see family for the holidays. So I was just at home, but we had to do like Thanksgiving and um, Christmas together. It was nice. The final track, Aura, which like, is Latin for? Alter. It is another example of why I need to know Latin I need to know Latin. I'm lazy and I have not studied it enough. So it would have helped here. It's Latin for altar. And it's also a constellation. You are not lazy, but I appreciate you wanting to learn Latin in case we ever get in a situation where we uncover an ancient book mm-hmm. that may brings back the dead somehow. And we need to, to read. Atium. The... That means yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to read the <laughs> spell to get the living dead back. I'm low key working on it. <laughs> but i love this there's this weird organic like circular loop feels like a lot of people walking around and i thought of it as a like a a pile of clocks which would go circular i guess the the ticking but i really it's it's like a pile of junk clocks I love that. And, and and I was also, it was just this like crowd, people crowding around this altar and maybe Roz is there. Maybe it's Charlotte with her on the, oh, on the bamboo. That when you inverted descri- crucifixion. Yeah, which, I mean, come on. That's, so, that is, that when you were that describing so that, you were just like, Christian death. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really <laughs> thinking Roz in that. I think uh, I could see him getting to that point in performances uh, if he were yeah. still with us. But, yeah, it's to me it's like the last room leaving the hospital, but it's also in a way like this is like the most terrifying room in the hospital because it's just like what is what is these sounds surrounding and it, you know it's it's I really really love the way this ends. I like this pairing of the last two tracks here, the most astounding living monstrosity and Ara because they both have sort of a buried synth in them. In in the most astounding living monstrosity, it's just a sort of weird melody. And like you said, Conley could be coming from a, a TV in a different hospital room or something like that. Like just fading in half caught. You can't really remember it when it's gone. It's just that weird haze. And this one has some sort of buried synth in it too, but it's almost, I was reminded of uh, like Vangelis's score for Blade Runner when I was hearing it like that. That's those synth sounds were like exactly where that brought me. And it's really weird because the loops are, it's kind of clunky this track like it it feels really rickety uh i mean it doesn't hurt that there's like i said a pile of clocks and then that sort of like creaking door loop uh which i think in a previous episode i referenced that uh pierre Henri variations for a door and a sigh and mm-hmm. <laughs> here we are again with a nice creaky door uh yeah this it's a cool note to end on especially after sort of the more active weird beeping piercing tones in most astounding living monstrosity this one's way more mellow and hazy and ha- just has that really cool sort of grandiose synth, but it's not the main feature of the the track at all. It's like really barely there. It adds to the hallucinatory feel. Totally. And when it mm-hmm. appears, it is so, yeah, I've, actually I, I, I was 
the, on this final listen before the episode, there was I was like, wait, is that on the track? Like yeah. it, that feeling of like, wait, is this is this like coming from outside? Is this on the track? And then I, I love that because it really does mess with your with the way you hear things. And I think premature ejaculation is amazing at doing that. Yeah, it just maybe I just this last track I, I just was writing frantically like this is the reality of decay. It's seeking extreme pleasure but grappling with your limitations of the body and knowing that your meat body is ephemeral it can be broken beyond repair yeah i i definitely agree with that and then um uh i i was definitely picking up on elements uh gray what you said with like the pile of clocks and then um uh mike with people walking around it was kind of like i was like okay but it was like reminding me of like what I, i feel like mecca would sound like yeah like people people just like mm-hmm. pacing and walking around but it was a bit more chaotic than that it wasn't quite as unified but it, it was like there was a central thing like like you were saying like and i was like okay what is the central thing that is drawing all these people in like maybe it's in the hospital maybe it's like on the tv maybe lo- it's at a I basement ritual yeah <laughs> It, yeah. the, those those clocks could be uh, prayer wheels, and knowing Roz, you could have imbued the track with that sort of thing. And of course, we talk a lot about Roz, but Chuck Collison is also a big yes. part of premature ejaculation at this point, and and through the duration of the project from fairly early on. So, not to discount his contributions, of course, I think he handled a lot of the in an interview I read. He handled a lot of the technical mm-hmm. specs, and and Roz kind of drove uh, the ideas. Behind it, and so. for all those people that are frightened by clowns, yeah, there's some images, <laughs> pictures of him. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> chuckles to clown. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. <laughs> the and then also he did the soundtrack for Pig, uh, which would be Roz's movie. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, which is just so. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I I almost um, wore my pig shirt for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, Tara loves your ball busting videos. Oh, me too. I even send them to my friends who may not necessarily, you know, feel comfortable like seeking out pornography on their own. And and truly some of them are just like, wow, I, I didn't know it could be like this. You know what I mean? This is this is something that I can get behind and not and not just ball busting, ball torture, that sort of thing, but but being being an individual doing something artistically but also doing something as a personal character not as pretending to be a a school teacher necessarily or doing something doing something as a human being I guess thank you so much the approach I I try to take to the stuff I do like when I when I first got in I was kind of approaching porn as performance art in a way Mm -hmm. I'm like okay I don't really care what reaction I'm getting if it's discussed great if it's arousal that's okay too the character I created wasn't really a character, but it was like me exaggerating mm-hmm. and expanding yeah. on mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, like aspects of myself, of my personality. Like I um obviously like I'm like, yeah, I love spi- like I love spiders, but then I'm yeah. like and I'm like, oh my god, I love ball busting. Like I, I do love ball busting and like I do a lot of it at home in my personal life. It's been really cool to explore that kind of thing and, and not so much as like the angle. I think a lot of porn takes where it's like I'm gonna create this like 
buxom personality and like I love like buxom mm-hmm. and bimbo and all those things absolutely like, mm, I don't know if that's really gonna work for me like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that my friends are, are generally involved in the arts in some way and I think that that's where that's why you resonate with them where something wouldn't have before and something that I respect I'm not I'm all stopping like oh my god yay but oh, uh, it, but it, I, I think it's Again, the psychological aspects and for so many women, your your sexuality is tied into psychology and to really think about being able to play someone who's submissive, being able to play somebody who's dominant, being able to switch like that is something that is attractive, you know, and 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 wholeheartedly interesting in a different way where something that's just, you know, slapping holes together may not be. Not to depreciate that. I like that too, but you know. I I, I agree with that for sure. And I, I feel like I've gotten really lucky with the path my job has taken me on. Whereas I feel like my sexuality has completely changed. Like as I've explored different types of scenes and been placed in different kinds of roles. And um, I've really learned a lot more about myself and my own sexuality. Like when I first got in, I was like convinced I was like 100% submissive. The first time I got hired to kick somebody in the balls, like off camera, I was kind of terrified, but like really horny about it. And then uh, when I met my husband, he's like, can you hurt my balls? I'm like, are you sure? I don't want to hurt you. But it's been really cool. And I love that I've been able to explore things I necessarily wouldn't have been able to or gotten the Mm. opportunity to explore. Also in a, a safe environment with professionals and it's like documented for <laughs> like, yeah like cons- consent and willingness it, it just it changes yeah. everything about it once those two things are involved oh totally yeah. and then um you know I, I've done like a, a lot of ridiculous shit like I've made like an omelet with my ass like all kinds of things that I I what? necessarily wouldn't jerk off to but I think it's you know, not to sound pretentious, but I'm like, it, it serves like a purpose and that yeah. should be out there. I don't care if people like make fun of me for it. Like what's, what's the fun in life if you can't laugh at yourself and crack a few eggs in your ass? Well, they were egg beaters. So. So, okay. All right. Well, yeah. I, I, would, say, I, would, so re- I would like to rewind. I'd like to, re- wait, wait, wait. Okay. I'd like to rewind. <laughs> you, so you made an omelet? in your ass so how did i want i need to know the mechanics i need to i need to i need to understand this it, it was very early on in my career for the same company i did my first scene for it was the same company i like got waterboarded with piss for and mm-hmm. done a lot of crazy stuff a lot of it is like my idea like i'm like i think this would be really just weird to explore and like i think it'll piss a lot of people off so we should do it yeah. Um, hey, Ra- like, Roz would be proud. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't always have to be like, like fluffy, like hot, sexy jerk off material. Like um, if someone's jerking off to it, I hope they're like confused on why they're jerking off to it or like it, it awakens something um, like scary within them. Mm-hmm. But also like, well, now I want to get to know the scary part of me more. Um, and I think that's really cool. But with the, the ass egg thing. Um, it was supposed to be an omelet. There was like a little, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a hot plate or like a, a griddle? Pl- yeah, it was a hot yeah. plate, like the portable mm-hmm. little oven with the, yeah. uh, and like there was, there was egg beaters and there was, you know, I think chopped up mushrooms and bell peppers. Mm-hmm. It was all the ingredients you would want to put in an omelet. Um, the egg beaters were cold, so... <laughs> 
I was like in doggy and they're pouring the egg beaters in my ass and I'm supposed to like shake myself to like kind of mix the ingredients mm-hmm. and I was supposed to push them out into the pan so mm-hmm. they could be cooked um but then because the egg beaters were so cold it was like making my stomach cramp it was really painful and then oh. because of the position I was in it's not conducive for pushing things out of your ass Mm-hmm. And I've gotten all kinds of food stuck in my ass just because gravity is not your friend there. Um, so I remember I like stood up and was like trying to squeeze it out and it was stuck because my intestines were contracting due to the cold. Yeah. So I'm like punching myself in the stomach, like <laughs> get those eggs out of me. <laughs> and then uh, I think, I think I got some out, not as much as was put in. And then the guy who's cooking the omelet he started like making scrambled eggs mm. so I'm like this is not going how I expected it at all yeah but you know some sometimes um you know when life gives you egg beaters in your ass you make scrambled eggs um <laughs> is my, my takeaway from that and then I was supposed to I was planning on like eating the whole plate but with all the stuff going on in my stomach and like the cramping I yeah, you're not hungry lost my appetite <laughs> so I was like uh, I'll just have a bite but it's like I wasn't grossed out because like my butt yeah. was totally clean I just don't have an appetite right now so it was like um, nothing was going the way anybody was expecting it to but we did it and I think it's still on the internet I think a lot of the stuff I did for that company the producer has gone back and forth like with my piss waterboarding he like mm-hmm. was like I think like I'll get an obscenity charge like uh, yeah. so he was like removing stuff and then he, he was like putting stuff back up and he's like now we're doing the extended cut he was like releasing extra parts of like scenes that weren't previously available but then some stuff was too extreme for the internet but yeah that's that was the tale of my my anal breakfast i love that tale now is that is that a, a real concern the i the actually getting legal action for some things in porn i mean obviously the famous case, modern case would be Max Hardcore actually being imprisoned. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Is, is that still, a, is that a real concern? Absolutely. And, um, you know, that, that legis- when that legislation came out, I think a lot of uh, producers weren't too worried about it. But then once it was enforced, like in a mm-hmm. very public and visible way with Max Hardcore, because he's still making stuff, and he still like come comes to AVN and like you see him around with his big cowboy hat. He uses like a prosthetic cock through his pants. Mm-hmm. And there's there's other like loopholes people use for creating extreme stuff for asylum. There's a way to circumvent the obscenity clause by um, creating something that's educational. I think Kink kind of does the same thing too. So asylum will do like a pre and post interview or kind of Mm -hmm. doing like porn philosophy like what's the purpose of what we're doing today what are your thoughts about it I don't know it's been kind of cool the last time I shot for asylum I gangbanged a chick and we did like a really like horribly rough scene but she seemed to really enjoy it and it was kind of cool because like I'll think I'm hardcore and then I work with somebody like rebel rider who just like completely blows me out of the water like oh my gosh in that scene we all pissed in a pitcher mm-hmm. and then there was like an eyelash on the floor and like a clump of hair that had fallen out. So the male dom in the scene, he like put the eyelash and the clump of hair in the pitcher. She had to drink the whole thing of piss. Wow. And like, I can, I can drink a lot of piss, but she like really blew, blew me out of the water. And then drinking a pitcher of anything is not easy. 
Oh yeah, so she chucked it. She almost finished it, and then she she throws up her eyelash and hair clump, and then the piss back into the pitcher. And she just kind of looks at us, and it's like you can stop the scene at any time. Like you do not have to do yeah. this. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm gonna do it. And then she finished the whole pitcher with piss and hair, and eyelash strip and all. And then afterwards, I'm like kind of worried. I'm like, have I just like traumatized somebody forever? But she's like, I just feel so like exhilarated that like I was able to go through something so strenuous and extreme and arrive on the other side of it okay and stronger because of it. And a lot of submissives like have that philosophy. Uh, sorry to like completely segue into another topic, but yeah, they, so that's- We are absolutely riveted. So. Yeah. yeah, so so making it kind of um, like educational and like interviewee and to where there's um, something you can learn about uh, human nature and human psychology through extreme porn, it makes it, it turns like a, just a porn into, I don't know, like a documentary almost. Mm-hmm. So then because it's like educational, then it's safer from the obscenity charges you can get. But it's it's still very scary. And a lot of sites are cracking down on stuff more. Like I know OnlyFans, you can't really, and it everything is people have varying luck with getting stuff taken down or things being cracked down on, I guess, uh, is what I'm trying to say. But like you can't post stuff that was filmed outside or like anything that could be construed as public. They don't really want you to do pissing, but I do it anyway. <laughs> like, uh, and then Pornhub's really cracked down on the stuff. Um, anything that could be viewed as a model in distress just does not get put on the site or it'll get put up and taken down within a few hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I was trying to put more ball busting stuff on Pornhub because it's fun. And I wanted more people to see it, like whether or not I make much money off of that ad revenue or not. I think it's important to put it out there. I I had a video of a guy who was in a cage wearing like a dog mask and a leash and he had leather mitts on his hands like he was a puppy. And um, I think his hands were chained or something behind his back. So he was like in bondage, but I would say it's like super light bondage. And I'm like Mm -hmm. holding him by the leash and I'm like kicking him in the balls. And I'm like, okay, this is like a nice fun scene yeah. in my view. And I put it on and then Pornhub just like took it down. They're like, oh, the models like can't really consent because he's in bondage. So uh, it's affecting like a lot of people's expression, whether it's having that like obscenity law enforced on them is one thing. But even without that, like sites are cracking down on stuff, people being able to express themselves, especially in the realm of BDSM. My husband put up a scene, a very, very silly, like if you've seen like the gay fetish porn he does, not like you in particular, but just Mm -hmm. anybody listening, it's silly shit. And it's like hilarious and funny and it's like lighthearted and it's goofy and that's like the gist of it so he put up a wedgie scene where they're just like really exaggerating the acting yeah and then Pornhub took it down they're like the model looks like he's in distress look at his face and it's like he's getting a silly wedgie and acting (laughs) like he hates it but then it's it's like um you know so so even without that obscenity thing I think nowadays people have to be more mindful than ever of the mm-hmm. porn they're creating and, and putting on the internet. And then I, I try to rebel against that and do stuff anyway, and then um, see what happens. <laughs> oh, totally. And, We're thankful for yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, for, for us, we always, we always, we always kind of refer to 
the era of Belladonna and Sasha Gray, when things started getting more in the extreme realms and they were really taking charge of that. Were you inspired by them at all? Were you, was that some stuff you were watching? Cause we do kind of see, we, we see a lot of stuff you're doing and a lot of, a lot of people you work with doing is kind of the continuation of what they were really honing in on in the early and mid two thousands. Oh, totally. Like I, I love Sasha Gray's work. Belladonna's great. Um, I was really inspired by Annette Schwartz. Um, One of my favorites. Same. <laughs> like forever. Just great stuff. And what I also love about Sasha is the way she was able to transition into other forms of art. Like yeah. she wasn't by porn standards. Well, like most people aren't in porn for very long, but she was in, in for a few years, like I think like three or maybe five. But then she's like doing acting and like writing books and like making music and yeah. doing all this other stuff and like Twitch streaming. So she was able to really build such a successful uh, career off porn. And then um, what I also noticed about Sasha Gray, she's always posting pictures with existentialists books and then i would go on 4chan and see people posting the pictures of outrage like this dumb whore thinks she can read and i just thought it was so fucking yeah. funny so i i kind of my stage name is like a bit in jest of that like i was like okay i'm i'm gonna pick like a very pretentious name it just so happened that i happened to have like nausea tattooed like under my <laughs> tits but like i don't really remember doing it <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> so yeah, it was it was a while ago. I did it with a sewing needle. Um, but I'm like, okay, this is like perfect stage name because like people are gonna there's gonna be a certain camp of people on the internet who are gonna like hate me for it, but I'm gonna get talked about a lot and um people are gonna like search me out of curiosity and then I'll get more fans and people jerking off and buying my porn. And I think that totally worked and it, it definitely like worked for Sasha Grade, I love how she she went on like the Tyra Banks show or whatever, and that doctor was like mansplaining to her how assholes work. Like, well, if you do anal, you'll end up in a diaper. Like, I don't know any yeah. like gay male bottoms who <laughs> wear a diaper unless it's for fun. That's so uh ridiculous. Yeah. And then with doing like depending on the definition, like different kinds of extreme stuff, I don't believe those performers really did double or triple or quadruple anal but that's just mm. like the nature of the business nowadays back then in the early 2000s that would have been completely crazy and unheard of and now it's like oh you haven't gone out to Prague and shot like three double anals in five days like who even are you um <laughs> so it's like the the attitude of porn has completely changed and it's uh, because it's so much more accessible accessible for people to get in what with like anybody who like verifies their account can put stuff on Pornhub mm. now anybody can create an OnlyFans and you can make a pretty decent living without ever stepping foot on a professional porn set so there's there's more people out there so it's like okay how shit how am I gonna set my work apart I definitely like sensed that early on and I was like okay I guess like my brand is gonna be like pretentious girl who thinks she's like smart and an intellectual who does really crazy scenes that nobody else wants to do. And then people think she's like mentally damaged, but it's like also <laughs> endearing. So that's, that's been my approach. And I, I think like people like 
like Sasha are so self-aware when it comes to their uh, their branding. And I, I wanted to encapsulate that a bit. But yeah, it was a long roundabout way of answering. Like, yeah, those women are definitely like big inspirations of mine. Yeah. I like to think that's that's anal technology that's been developed over the years. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> New developments in anal exactly. technology. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's how we move forward as a species. But then I think, you know, at the same time taking influence from from women like that and then mixing that with influence from people like Roz Williams. Yeah. Oh, totally. Stir it, stir I can't it all like, together. go on and on about how much I love Ross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what are some of your thoughts on Roz and how he has influenced and inspired your work? Well, I really love how he went across so many mediums. Like I mentioned earlier, he wasn't like a, a slave to one genre, which I, I think is really inspiring. And uh, I love how he carved his own path nobody just gave him the job of being Roz Williams like he became Roz Williams and it's like showing up to a company and not even interviewing for the position but being like okay you're gonna hire me as this job and creating a whole nother job I just think that's so cool and so ballsy doing the shit that nobody else really wanted to do but like had to be done like because it was so important for the time and with the performance art and all that and I love him creating stuff with Ron Ethy and just doing like the most disgusting but also like really beautiful shit Ron's whole like Saint Sebastian thing like mm-hmm. fucking astounding and other than like you know people hook suspending themselves like there's not yeah. a whole lot of similar things out there like that oh and then creating like art films uh, I just think it's really inspiring to see uh somebody who like not only like carved their own path in the world but then decided it was time to leave the world and left like of his own accord Mm -hmm. and of course all of us have seen the infamous cabinet yes it is saved and uh will be saved forever and as well as anyone Visiting Hollywood, I actually, I don't know if it's even possible anymore, but there is, he does have a mausoleum in Hollywood Forever Mm -hmm. Cemetery. I do believe that you, I've actually never gone. I do believe you have to kind of say you're related. Did you ever go, Charlotte? So it's so funny. So Nikki and I tried to go. The the gruesome Mm -hmm. twosome. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So we, we went to the museum. Yep. Um, and, uh, like, this is the most amazing stuff. I've been to the museum in New Orleans and it doesn't hold a candle to the Hollywood <laughs> one at all. So there's, there's my review on that. <laughs> so we went there and then on that, the same day, we were just having a Roz day. We went to the art exhibit of his at the, I already forgot the at name. La Luz, La Luz. Wacko, yeah. Wacko slash La Luz. Yeah. 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 At, um, at Wacko. And then after that, we tried to go to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, walk in. And we're like, hey, like, where's, um, like, Roger Allen Bean or whatever the fuck. And they're, but, like, before we could say anything, they looked at our haircuts. And they're like, oh, are you looking for the Ramones? <laughs> I was like, oh, fucking genre. <laughs> but um, I guess they, they close the part of the cemetery his mausoleum's located at earlier than the rest of the cemetery. Oh. It's like something ridiculously early. It's like 2 or 3 p.m. or something like that. And I think the rest of the cemetery closes like 5 or 7. I don't know. I'm just 
throwing numbers out there that right. may or may not be accurate. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so I, I was so defeated, I never attempted to visit again. Yeah, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I've heard. It crushed I, my ego. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I've heard anyone I know who went, they said they were like his cousin or yeah, something like that. Yeah, you say you're related and then and they you let can you go. In. Yeah. But I, I've, okay. I've heard it's yeah. it is kind of difficult. Part of the to painter do. clan. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, um, wow, Charlotte, this was so. I know cool. we just want to talk to you this forever, was such but I know an awesome oh, conversation. Thank you. Oh, thank I, hope, you. I hope I didn't talk your ear off. You no, we're you did so not. Was great. Cool. All so, ears are intact. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so fascinating. This was such a great talk. Thanks so much for taking time to do this with us. Oh, thanks and, so much for having me. Yeah. It's awesome yeah. to talk to like-minded people who appreciate the arts. Absolutely. 100%. And like we said, everybody, OnlyFans, will have the link up for Charlotte. Yes. Now, Charlotte, we've mentioned Nikki. Do you have any other people that you'd like to mention that people need to check out? So anybody who is like vaguely interested in the stuff I do, and the stuff Nikki does should definitely check out Nikki's wife, Lee Raven. If you're into like raw and athy performances at all, check out Lee Raven's blow bang. <laughs> I think it's on Pornhub. She got hooks suspended through her knees Whoa. and um, was hanging from her knees and like did an entire blow bang. And I, I think at the end of it, like her eyes got all bloodshot and stuff. It was really cool. It was cr- wow. crazier than most things I've ever done. I, I, I second like I, that. It's it's amazing. It's pretty fucking cool. And then not a lot of people know about this performer who I'm a big fan of and a friend. And I just am totally inspired by her. Cupcake Sinclair. She is the most extreme. I've seen her get beat with a baseball bat covered in barbed wire. Um, she's eaten her own flesh. She's gotten skewers through her breasts. She's done all kinds of scarification stuff and she's just the sweetest person. So you don't really expect somebody so sweet and so cute and so beautiful and so nice to be able to do these like horrifying things, but she does it all with a smile, which I really appreciate. And a lot of BDSM companies won't hire her because they're worried they won't be able to do enough to her <laughs> to satisfy her. That's like, that's how badass she is. But wow. Sinclair, she's really fucking cool. And she's, she's doing stuff for like the enjoyment of it. And she's so incredibly talented. And I wish she got the recognition and praise that she deserves for her amazing and groundbreaking work. Awesome. Cool. Well, we will be checking that out. Everyone go check Charlotte and all her recommendations out. And check out Premature Ejaculation, Anesthesia. This is such an amazing album. Not a disappointment. So much fun talking about it with you, Charlotte. So thank you so much. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices. And by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.